Hi guys, I'm Rylan and welcome to my podcast, Reunion, the show all about reuniting blasts from the past, brought to you by my friends at Sky Bingo. And in this episode, I'll be joined by one of the UK's biggest TV presenters from the last 20 years. His CV includes All-Star Family Fortunes, Just the Two of Us, Beat the Star, The Whole 19 Yards, Splash, and he was a standout campmate in I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here in 2020. But for me, it's all about where he started off. For someone growing up in the noughties, he was on our screens every weekend hosting Channel 4's T4. I'm, of course, talking about the one and only Vernon Kay. We go deep on those early career days at T4. And, well, of course, I want you to get some inside gossip from I'm a Celeb. And I'm going to be reuniting him with some very special people. Someone who was there at the very start for him. And someone who had to sleep on the floor next to him in a Welsh castle. This is the reunion with Vernon Kay. And here he is now. It's Mr. Vernon Kay. All right, Vern. <laughs> Hiya, Rylan. <laughs> How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. I'm really good. I think um, everyone's in, in in a in a really good mood in our house because the kids have gone back to school, Tessie's starting strictly, and I've got some free time to kind of potter around and sort the garden out. <laughs> and I know that sounds really lame, but it's a true fact. It's exactly what I've been doing today. I'm not even going to lie to you. Um, Vern, listen, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's a real pleasure to have you. And you know, I, th- I genuinely, I'm trying to work out the last time I physically saw you in person. It wasn't Family Fortunes. Surely it wasn't that long ago. No, we did Family Fortunes a long time ago. And dare that was like I say. Eight it, years ago, nine yeah, years Yeah, it was. And it's probably the funniest introduction I've had to anyone in my 23 or 24 <laughs> year career because. You said to, I've got to say it, Ryland, because it's the best, it's the best intro what did I've ever I had say? from anyone. You said, we, we did a rehearsal for Family Fortune, you said, oh, Vern, whatever you do, don't mention my teeth. Because you just had oh, your teeth done, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And it was brilliant because I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. You know, whatever whatever you want to do, we will we will abide by. And then, so we did the, hello, welcome to Family Fortunes. Rylan, uh, please introduce me to your family. And before you introduced me to your family, you went, listen, before we go anywhere... Don't take the mickey out my teeth. And I'm like, you just said it on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Little did I know that that's what I'd be known for. Uh, but well, yeah, there but you then, go. But I then, mean, but then from, from that moment on, it's stuff like that, as you know more than anyone, that breaks the ice and makes your relationship yeah. with someone much more comfortable. And I think... Uh, yeah. That was the perfect icebreaker. It really was. So every time I see you now, I feel like I know you in a different way to everyone else because our our introduction was something very personal, and then you just blew it out the wall. You, you literally you walked onto the, the studio the floor. Birth of the team. Yeah, you you walked onto the studio floor. You unplugged the hand grenade and threw it into the studio. <laughs> and I was like, "All right, then here we go." <laughs> right, we're on. Game on. Um, yeah, no. yeah, exactly, exactly. It was so fun, honestly, and we had such. A laugh on that show but you know what this isn't about me this is about you and you know what Vernon you've just said you know over 20 years now you've been in this industry but let's go back let's go right back to the beginning because you I mean I'm not coming on to you because I know your wife but you're a very good looking man (laughs) and it comes as no surprise to anyone that you used to be a model um explain to me how you went from strutting your stuff on the catwalk to then getting that first big gig? Well, I think we've both experienced that moment 
but in different scenarios. Mm. You know, we, we, we saw and we witnessed your journey on X Factor and we saw the emotional roller coaster that you went through on that show. And mine, to be honest with you, it was very similar. I was on a reality show about a modeling agency and that's what got the ball rolling for my career. But prior to that, I was li- literally, Ryland, living for the weekend. And I know yeah. you like your dance music. <laughs> and I was going out in, uh, into the clubs of Manchester. And if I was lucky, I'd saved enough money every three weeks for a new shirt. And if it wasn't a new shirt, it was a new pair of trousers. So I was literally doing, and my mates ribbed me about this all the time. I was doing anything for cash. I was cleaning phone boxes. I was a caretaker. I was working in Tesco's. I was sticking stickers on bananas at a banana importing factory because I I honestly didn't know what I wanted to do in my life Mm. because I could have always been a lorry driver because my dad's, or my dad had a successful haulage business. So he was always like, oh, just come and work for me. So that was always my fallback. That was always the backstop. That's what I could always go to if if I didn't find something that I genuinely loved and genuinely Mm. enjoyed doing. And what happened was my best mate, Luke, who was doing teacher training at the time, he had Fridays off college. So he said, look, I'm going to the clothes show. Why don't you come with us? Uh, I'm like, I've got the clothes show. What do I want to go there for? Listen, my sister went last week. Just come along. It's brilliant. So I bunked a day off work. I went to the clothes show and uh, we literally walked around once and then sat in a bar. That's what we did for four hours. We just sat in a bar watching weekend, the World Cup. Living for the weekend. Living for the weekend, yeah. And because it was Friday, the weekend had started at the Absolutely. Close Show Live. And then this guy came up to me, a guy called James Knoll, who was one of the scouts for the men's section at Select Model Management in London. And he said, oh, you've got the look of the moment. And it was kind of that skinny Britpop vibe thing that was going on with long hair. He said, and, and you know, I work for Select Model Management were a legitimate agency because there's no Google then, so you couldn't mm. Google them. So we took his word for it, and he said, "Look, we're doing this daily competition. Why don't you, why don't you just come and take part for a laugh?" And we went, "Yeah, you know what? For a laugh, uh, we'll come and do it." So at the end of the close show live, we went and did this catwalk thing, and then he said, "Look, why don't you come and, and give it a go in London?" And that was on a Friday, and the following Friday, I'd literally packed my bags and I was living in a, a bed and breakfast in in Sussex Gardens in Notting Hill. Joking? Yeah. So it took a week. For, for it took it took 24 hours for me to convince my parents that moving down to London was the right thing to do. Mm. Not that they would, could have stopped me anyway, because I'd never really been to London unless it was in my dad's truck. So it was, I'm going to London. Uh, where are you going to stay? Well, they're providing a bed and breakfast for us. And it was literally like digs. Yeah. Uh, and the landlady was like, right, no guests. You can't oh, have any God. guests. Breakfast <laughs> is between seven and nine. And then uh, you're up to yourself. So she was kind of like your stereotypical landlady, and she was brilliant. And I and I, and I wish I could remember her name because I love to go back and see her because the hotel isn't there anymore. Uh, because she kind of looked after us in a, mm. in a motherly way. And I think when you're away from home, that's what you need, really. You need, yeah. you need someone to just make sure that everything's all right. Absolutely. And obviously, your modelling career was fantastic. You got to work all over the shop, strutting your stuff, and putting your power on with your long hair and your skinny brick pop look. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And like you said, you, you took part in a reality show uh, about modelling and things like that. And that was sort of your first toe in the water into television. But really, what we all remember you for coming onto the scene was T4. Yeah, and so I did this documentary uh, and then it was kind of like, oh, he's got a bit of personality. Let's see if he can do some 
a bit of TV. And then as soon as as soon as I got into it, and I and I know for a fact that you would have been exactly the same. I thought, oh, you know what? I love this. Mm. This is for me. This is brilliant because I can talk absolute shite <laughs> from my life experiences. And people, I think, because I'd done all those jobs working for the weekend, it made my anecdotes relatable. Yeah. You know, wearing a tabard, cleaning with the ladies. Yeah. Oh, you've grown. It was real. It was real stories. Uh, and once I got into it, I thought, I'm absolutely loving this. This this is this is what I've waited for, you know, and uh, this is the thing that I hoped would happen to me and it's happened to me. And then and then from that moment on I embraced it. And mm. I was really lucky that I went through a route that doesn't really exist anymore, you know, that children's television. Yeah. Then you go to so I did CBBC, then I did T4, and then it was kind of trying to get onto a, a shiny floor for ITV, which was the stereotypical route into telly. And doing T4, Honest Ryland, it was an absolute dream. It really was a dream because we were interviewing the biggest stars, both in music, in you movies, really in telly, in pop culture. Yeah, we really were. Uh, because we were the one-stop shop for all of that. And working with Dermot and Margarita, and because and, I, I wasn't there at the when it started with Ben Shepherd. But, you know, me and June going on and replacing Dermot and Margarita was was amazing. Mm. It, it, it was so much fun. And also, I can say this out loud now because it's almost 20 years ago, it was when Telly had a load of money to spend on expenses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely changed. <laughs> yeah. So we would do these T4 holiday mornings in Ibiza where a vodka pineapple could be marked down as an expense. Yeah. So we'd finished recording. So this was our day, and this is this is what it looked like. On camera, ready at 7.30 in the morning. And then we'd work all the way through the day. We'd have dinner. We'd finish at 6, and we'd have, we'd have dinner between 7 and 8 somewhere. And then it would be back to the hotel. Or Actually, we hired a villa, massive villa. Back to the villa, couple of hours kip. So it's then 11-ish, half 11, 10. And then I'd go out. Yeah. I'd be like, right, I'm going out. I'd have four or five hours in Pasha or Amnesia <laughs> or wherever it was, and I'd collect this stack of receipts <laughs> for vodka pineapples. <laughs> and honest, Rylan, it must have been 100 euros, 120 euros every night. Yeah. And I got the money back. <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was now unbelievable. Be, now you would be lucky to get a bottle of water out of it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and that's why I think... Those, they were just such joyous times because mm. one thing that I we did take serious was learning how telly works. And June and I worked really well as a team because we just had chemistry. Yeah, and and it's something that you can't fake that, you know. Mm. And we we genuinely had a friendship. I think we genuinely had a love for each other because yeah. we were in an environment where there was no social media. Oh, there was no. Bliss. Yeah, exactly. There was no, there's no, no one from the outside world being positive or negative about mm. what we were doing. So we were oblivious to petty comments. We were oblivious mm. to, oh, don't like your shirt, mm. or oh, get your hair cut. We were oblivious to all of that. We just got on with it, which made our ability to talk to each other more special because our conversations be- were natural conversations. Yeah. They were, they were conversations that we were willing to open up about instead of being forced to open up about something because someone had brought, a stranger had brought something into the environment that was mm. nothing to do with them. Do you know what I mean? So everything we talked about was genuine, it was open, it was honest, and, and 
that's why those six years together were were some of the best years of, of my career. And that, and they'll go down, and I, I think I will always say that. It was brilliant, Ryland. No, and do you know what? For me, obviously, I'm 32 now, so T4 was very much my era. It's something that I would sit there and watch. And there was something about that show. There was just something about that show that you felt like you were there. You felt like whether yeah. you guys were in the studio or like you sound doing like a road show up in Blackpool or whatever and in Ibiza. It, it, as a viewer, I felt like I know June and I know Vernon and I'm part of this. Like, even though you're on a screen in my living room, like you said, there was no other distractions. There was no other outside bubble. And it really, really did feel like that. And like you said, that's what it felt like for you. Yeah, it, it really did. And and when I got the gig, I, the most intimidating thing I've ever done in television was my screen test 44 because they asked me to turn up an hour before T4 finished so that I could prepare to do some links with Dermot and Margarita after the show finished. And you know what it's like when you've done a live show. The last thing you want (laughs) to do is do pretend links with a stranger who you've never met before, who's got the potential to come on the show and uh, be a part of the team. And I was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. But we did it and I got the gig and... I think because that screen test was so intimidating, it kind of mm. set me up for the next six years, seven years. Well, it did. You know what? It really did. And you know what? We loved watching it. And as you know, on this show, we're all about reuniting, we like to call it, reuniting with people. Nice. But before we bring in some guests where I can just sit back and watch you two have a natter, <laughs> tell me one reunion that you wouldn't want to have wouldn't want to have um you must have some stories got loads of stories but and i'm not just saying this because i'm going to sit on the fence i I genuinely am i'm not you know because i think we know each other well enough that when we're together in a in a room we do have a little bit of a gossip and we do have a bit of a chinwag oh yeah but i think that i'd have a reunion with everyone good or bad really definitely definitely because i think when you start to block out bits and pieces of your life it's like you've closed that door and I know people say oh you want a a bit of closure but I don't think I personally don't think there's anything wrong with with having a reunion and talking through something that's happened Mm. you know what I mean because I think that's the best way to get uh closure on something is to open open up that horrific whatever it can be that kind of worms and get involved because that's the only way you're going to Get rid of whatever is niggling in in the back of your head. Then um, you are preaching the truth. You are preaching the truth there. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, I would. I'd, I'd have a reunion with anyone because I don't have any enemies. I don't have. I, there's no one I dislike. I mean, you've had peaks and troughs, and you know bumps in the road throughout your career and what have you. But I don't. I don't yeah, I'm like, yeah, let's t- chat about it. That's nice to hear. That's really nice to hear because you know what? I'd say nine out of ten people instantly would have a name come to their head or a terrible thing that's gone on at work or whatever and go, ah, I can't stand X or I can't stand Y. But that's nice. Yeah, but those kind of people, you get into situations with those kind of people who've had an effect on one thing or another and you just cut them out. Mm. But if there's something that's been brought up where, oh, remember that, that didn't go too well. And I I think that's what you're getting at, like at work and stuff, where you meet people and you think, oh, that was a bit off. Mm. I wouldn't shut them off. I'd, I'd get I'd get stuck in and have a chat, yeah. you know, because I like people. People yeah. are brilliant. 
And, you know, there's a few Richard Heads out there. There's a few uh, unsavoury types. But mm. I think, in general, people are lovely. Mm. You know, people are brilliant. And it, and I think closing people off is quite sad, yeah. really. Obviously, you have a chat with them and they think, well, you know what? I was right. You are that person. So we won't speak again. And until you find out, you'll never know. No, exactly. Well, do you know what? I know you love people. And we need to talk about I'm a Celebrity because you went into <laughs> the I'm a Celebrity castle. You were brilliant on that show. You really, really were. Oh, thank you. No, you were great. Honestly, Vernon, you really, really were. And there was someone that was in there that um, is... I'm very fond of this lady. I think she's lovely. So I think it's time for your first reunion. Let's do it. Hello. Hi, Bev. <laughs> Hi, Vernon. Oh, it's good to see you both, <laughs> Hello, both at once. How lucky am I? Beverly, thank you so much for for dropping into this chat. Me and Vernon have been having a lovely little time uh, strolling down memory lane. We have, we have indeed. But do you know what, Bev? We were just talking about I'm a Celebrity and you were obviously in the castle with Vernon. I think it was such a great cast and we could tell how much you guys just literally lauded it up on pauper's rations whilst you were in there. But Beverly, what was it like being in that show with Vernon? With Vernon? Well, do you know, it was amazing actually because even though we both native northerners we'd never actually met before <laughs> that is judas can you believe it we'd never met our paths had just never collided at all and i don't know how that happened really i'd, I'd actually met tess but never vernon and then on the first day of course, we were working together because I'd got to get him <laughs> down that cliff. And so I was thinking, mm. oh, no, I've got yeah. the biggest person <laughs> that I've got to get down. And I was convinced I was going to let him fall or something. But he <laughs> is an absolute darling. Hence, that's why I gave him the bathrobe. I don't know if you remember that. But uh, we, after our spa day, which was horrendous, covered in bugs and everything, they gave us a <laughs> bathrobe to keep. But we had to give it to another castle member. And I gave mine to Vernon mm. because... He missed his girls so much and he's just <laughs> a beautiful human being. He is. He's a, a wonderful human being. He was never moody. He was always lovely and kind and giving. I'm going to give him oh. the biggest head of all time, aren't I? No, no. But it's swelling. Truly it's was. swelling. And what you see is what you get. And I just loved that about him. And I know he went through times, not for whole days, but he'd go through the, the odd hour where he was desperately missing the girls, and the girls includes mm. Tess as well. And he did really, really well. So he's I, I think, gorgeous. Uh, I think what it is when you're in that kind of enclosed environment with people who you think you know, 
Uh, but like Beverly said, we never actually met. But I felt that obviously I knew Beverly because I've been watching her acting mm. uh, for for a long, long time. And we had this great conversation. I don't know whether you remember Beverly about how people don't actually call you Beverly. They call you your character from Coronation Street. They do. What I'm getting at is our group was so relaxed in each other's company that from day one, our conversations went from zero to 100 because we felt so comfy. You know, there mm. were there were names like Shane Ritchie, like a real powerful character, a funny guy, you know, an entertainer. And we've got uh, ladies like... Beverly and Victoria and Ruthie, who've been there and they've done it and they've been successful at everything. So mm. the cooking pot for chat was just mega. It really was. And I think we just fed off each other. Do you know what? I think I, I really understand what you're saying because when I was in Big Brother, I obviously went into Celebrity Big Brother and I was probably the newest celeb at that point that I went into the house. But one thing I don't think anyone really understands when you're in a show like that is that you do miss the outside world, but you start to substitute your friends and family on the outside, on the inside. So for argument's sake, Claire from Steps <laughs> was like my sister. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it, and you do. And it's like a day in that environment is like a week in the real world. It really is. You get to know each other so quickly. But I think also mm. what was great, I think they'd, I think maybe purposely the chosen personalities uh, that they mm. thought would get on. You know, mm. none of us were confrontational, n not one of and us. And that's quite rare. Yeah. Also, nobody was sort of trying to pull the camera all the time. Nobody was moody. I think the mm. editing in some way was a little bit unfair because they showed some of lots of people and not very much of other people, but that just goes with the job, unfortunately. But mm. And some, uh, you missed out on the really comedic side of like AJ, who is the funniest person, but it didn't tend to show that side of it, apparently. I haven't watched it because I don't what I can't watch myself. But the other Beverly, that you haven't watched it because you come across so well. I've never seen one episode of it oh, and I Bev, just you've got can't. to. You know, it was brilliant. There's, because uh, you know, going back to what you said, Ryan, when you're when you're in a an enclosed space with people who automatically become your friends and replace your family. It's it's the simple stuff that people find difficult to accept in a normal environment. Like mm. let's let's go there. The lavatory issues that people have. People didn't mind talking about being bunged up or, you know, the opposite, having the runs and stuff like that. All those types of conversations mm were very open and very uh, honest. You know, like, there were a couple of ladies who were... Well, they were all honest, apart from Shane dribbling on the seat. Yeah. They admitted that. <laughs> no, we don't forget, forget that one. That one. <laughs> but, you know, like... <laughs> exactly. Oh, there's but, you the know, there, there were all kinds of stuff, and it was so nice. And, and, and Beverly's right. They, they put together a group of personalities that they knew would get on because there was no friction. And I've heard from the inside that... Mm. There was a moment in, 
I think week one, when they had a production meeting on how they could possibly turn it nasty. I heard that too. Yeah, and when they saw the viewing figures, they were like, why would we want to ruin mm. it? It's getting over 12, 13 million. Let's not break yeah, it. Why not? And they just let us go with it. They let us embrace each other nice. instead of being fractious. Tear each other apart. Yeah, absolutely. I think the other thing that was so good was we all think we know the people who are high profile. Mm. But yet our we all have great insecurities as well. And more often than not, usually you know this yourself, Ryland, we've had deep conversations. We have. We often have a very shy side to us as well, don't we? Yeah. You know, and uh, we all all talked about our insecurities, which very often, if you're within a group of people, you don't do that. No. And we just felt we could offload and really you were your true self, which was quite special, I felt. Yeah, and it was those moments that really bonded us as a group, you know, because we were we were so relaxed in each other's company. I think the weight of the conversations that we were having was so powerful that we were comfortable enough that we were allowing 14 and a half million viewers to watch Beverly open up about what yeah. she's been through. Victoria was open up about what she's been mm. through. And, you know, we saw Ruthie talk about what she was going through but didn't realise she was going through it until she was in a castle with 11 strangers. You know, and I think yeah. yes. it was our confidence yes, in each did. other's ability to feel relaxed and protected by one another that allowed us to forget that there's 57 cameras and 14 and a half million people watching. But yeah, yeah. we're having a conversation. <laughs> Just about, casual, yeah, casual about, point. You know, breast cancer, yeah. depression, uh, family relationships, all this kind of stuff really came out. And I hope what, what the feedback that I've had from people is, Oh my God, you made you made us enjoy lockdown because you made it all real. So going back to what we talked about in the beginning, Ryland, was it was relatable conversations. Mm, it really was. And the, the great thing is that came certainly for me personally out of that when I saw those other people two weeks ago, I felt protected. We mm. all went to the NTAs and... Ryland, I have not been there for 11 years. I hate them. And it's not because I hate the occasion. It's because, oh, 11 years ago, I went to the NTAs and the next day had to go back on the train with the rest of the cast of Coronation Street and I cried for the whole journey home. Oh. Because... In those days, this is honestly true, Helen Flanagan was comforting me on the train and she was an absolute darling. But in those days, 11 years ago, it was, they would, the next day, the tabloids would just rip you apart mm. and say your dress was terrible, your shoes were terrible. And that day was my turn. Yeah. And I'd not been out of hospital that long. I went to the awards. My tummy was swollen because of the medication I was taking for depression. And, oh, one of the papers just annihilated me. And I'd not yeah. been to the awards since. And I went 
two weeks ago with my family from the castle because they made me feel brave enough to go. That is so lovely to hear. It really, really is. And you know what? I hear it. Even though we're not in the castle, they protect me now. And you'll always have that bond. Yeah, we have a lovely WhatsApp group. And, you know, Beverly mentioned, I don't think I'm out of place in in saying this, but Beverly mentioned, she said, look, guys, I'm really really apprehensive about going. And we're like, Bev, don't worry about it. You're going to be with us. We'll have a good time. John will be there Mm. as well. And we'll just hold hands. And and I think we were lucky that our award was the first one. Yes, you know, we were like, right, we don't have to go and sit on the floor. We can just take our time and, and, and wander around backstage. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, you are lucky your award was the first one because there is nothing worse than being up for best presenter. Wait until the end just to know you're going to lose out to Ant and Dec. Let me tell you that now. Oh, no! Two years on the trot, I all right? I vote for Ryan. you know that. I vote for you. And I'd vote for you, gorgeous. Beverly, thank you so, so much for dropping into the call. It's been so lovely seeing you. You stay well. Tell your lovely John to keep looking after you and we will definitely catch up soon. I will. Lots of love, Beverly. Lots of love, Bev. Love you, Bev. Bye. Bye. You're listening to The Rye Union, brought to you by my friends at Sky Bingo. It's a reunion show you see, presented by me. With a few little plugs from Sky Bingo. A little bit like this one. So Vern, I mean, she's such a darling, isn't she? Oh, she, she's she's awesome. And when you realise the extent of what Beverly's been through and you now have a person who is able to open up and speak candidly, but yet passionately and mm. so openly that you can't believe she's talking about what we're talking about, it makes it easier for other people to realise what's going on with them. You know, because I think there were a few people in the castle. Yeah. Vern, I was in that position. Yeah. I was in that position and I spoke to Beverly randomly. I'd never met Beverly. I'd never done anything. But I don't know. You know when you feel like the stars were aligning for some reason? And honestly, after speaking to her, I mean, you can't not come away feeling good about yourself. Exactly. It's just so lovely. And also, Ryland, once you've spoken to her and got into it, there's 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 help available. Yeah, it can be it can be sorted, and you can come out of that dark tunnel that you find yourself in. Mm. And she's so enlightening. And I think because of her brutal honesty, people have found it easier to go and find help. You know, like Beverly talks about it. She was having electric shock treatment for depression. Something that sounds so medieval these days. That you're like, and what? I thought that was something that they did yeah. in the forties. It's, it's a thing, but it it's is it is an actual thing. Yeah, and and you know we had Victoria talking about her breast cancer journey, and we we had Ruthie talking about the fact that she's been an actress for the majority of the of her life, and she doesn't know who she is. You know, and and it's it it was so I get so emotional about it because you're you're thrown in at the deep end, and sometimes you think, am I personally able? to listen, take it in and advise. And you realise that everyone's been through a situation which does enable you to chip in with your 10 pence worth. And that, you know, in this world that we live in, having the ability to talk is probably the cheapest and easiest cure in anything. Yeah. And yeah, it was special. And then you've got a clone like Shane Ritchie who's just farting and shitting everywhere. (laughs) 
I was going to say, I mean, Beverly on one hand, what a lovely woman, but she did slag off Splash. So, I mean... <laughs> yeah. That was a I mean? classic. That was an absolute brilliant. classic. <laughs> what was that show? What was that show? <laughs> it was brilliant. It was so good. Cheers, babe. Paid the monkey. Exactly. Get the central eating on. Well, listen, talking about reunions, I think we should have another one. What do you think? Oh, man? yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so the gorgeous June Sarpong, we have just been chatting about you. And uh, I'm going to be honest, June, he's got a lot of lovely things to say about you. Well, I've got just as many lovely things to say about him. Uh, you know, it's not often in life where the feeling is mutual. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and in and you know, there's no unrequited love here. It's, it's I say it all back. <laughs> Honestly, I am so blessed, Vernon, because I am actually getting to witness Vernon and June next to each other on my screen, like I was growing up in T4 days all over again. And my, as a man, Vernon, you'll know what I mean. When you go over a flyover and your thingy goes funny, that's what's happening now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know that feeling, so I'm just assuming it feels good. Oh, it's, right? a, it's a moment. It it's a moment. It's a moment. It is a moment. And to be honest with you, from 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 the moment I walked into the T4 studio, uh, June has been nothing but generous. She's generous with. Because you know when you meet people in telly and it's all about them sometimes, well, June is completely yeah. the opposite. As long as June realises you're pulling your weight, <laughs> then you're in June's good books. You know, as long as... <laughs> are we are we talking about some of our Ibiza shoots, Vernon Kay? <laughs> well, yeah. And we've, oh, I've heard all about the Ibiza shoots and the receipts. We've touched upon those where there, there were some... <laughs> There was somewhere I didn't pull my weight because I couldn't pull my weight because... I... He's, he's been, um, you know, making sure that the Ibethan spirit was fully lived up to, basically. No, I, I had the Ibethan spirit in my veins. Yeah, I bet in you your did. Veins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I drank Pasha's vodka supply in a week. Yeah. Annual supply in a week. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. But the thing, the thing that June and I had that a lot of people, I think, uh, duos don't have, is we never had autocue on T4. Really? Ever. Yeah, and I know you don't yeah. like autocue, Rylan, mm. but, and we were always in a rush. Yeah. We always yeah. wanted to get in the studio and get out. Yeah. Yeah. So we would look at each other and we'd say, right, we've got 40 seconds, you do the top, I'll yeah. do the middle, you yeah. do the end. Mm. Yeah. And that's, and they'd say, right, is everyone ready? Yeah. Okay, let's go. And that's, and that's how we did it. That's oh how we did God. it. Oh my God. And it worked it. because it was real. You know, we we genuinely had a laugh on air. And I think that, you know, it's a shame that that's not allowed to happen more now. But, mm. yeah, we were just lucky. We just got on so well with each other. Like, we liked e each other as people, so that helped. Yeah. And it was just a sort of natural flow. So there was no need for an auto cue. And if you look at our scripts, I was funny. I was going through some old boxes and I, I sort of got some random T4 scripts that, I kept, which I'm so glad I did. Um, and we used to have them on this bright coloured paper. And literally, Ryland, it would just be bullet points. It would be friends, Rachel and Ross break up. And literally that would be it. And it would say 
55 seconds and we knew we had to fill and we would have to end on Rachel and Ross are breaking up in this episode of Friends. And that was it. <laughs> and that was, that was it. it. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Honestly, guys, it is such a pleasure to see you both sat side by side again. You you both don't look a day older, so I don't know how you did that. That's not making me feel I'm going to tell you a story because we've talked, Rylan, you and I have talked about that relatability to your audience, right? And this is no word of a lie and it's God's honest truth, right? I'm not going to expand on this story one bit because it's all true. So... I was at an awards ceremony last Tuesday and we're getting ushered to our taxis. And this lady, a black lady, said to me, she said, Vernon, I've got to say, you and June were absolutely magical on the screen. I said, why? She said, because you made June real. Uh... I said, what do you mean? She said, because you were always talking about a weave. (laughs) And no one ever, 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 ever talks about a woman's weave. A black woman's weave. Get it right. Not yeah. just a woman's yeah, yeah. weave. I am that man. <laughs> I am that man. I'm like, oh, we got new weave. Oh, we got met this way. Yeah. Yes, new weave. <laughs> and I thought, wow, we, that's how we were relatable because she said, this lady said, no one ever talks yeah. about a black lady's no. weave. Yeah. Ever. You don't go there. Especially a guy. Exactly. You don't go there. Especially a white guy. <laughs> So then I think I started feeling really guilty because there was one show where they edited it all together where June had four different hairstyles. Brilliant. Brilliant. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) It was a classic. classic. An absolute classic. So then we were way, 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 way ahead of our time because we were having conversations that were were groundbreaking. Yeah. it then became a story mm. about which hairstyle June would turn up with. It was amazing, <laughs> absolutely amazing. I love it. It's so but true. that just uh, it goes to, to show the respect that I have for June and, vice and that she allowed me to have mm. those conversations yeah. on air and how relaxed we were <laughs> yeah. in each other's company. Yeah. And also going back to what it was, it was real it and was it was real. relatable. Yeah, totally. And also, I think the other thing, Vern, was because we were also the same age as our audience. So we were their mates. You know, it wasn't Mm. like, you know, these grown-ups doing a show aimed at a youth audience. We ourselves were like 21. So the great thing about it was everything we were going through in our own lives, the audience was going through too. So we were there with them. It was just just so much fun. And June, I've got to say, for for 78, you're half looking well. (laughs) (laughs) 79, you mean? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's so true. That's what me and Vernon were talking about earlier. And I was saying, I just remember watching the show. It didn't feel like I was watching a show. You felt like you were there. You felt like you knew you. And you felt like you were part of it. And it's so difficult knowing that I'm a TV presenter myself now. It's so difficult to always manage to do that for the viewer. But you two just turn up, no auto-cue, and just did it with your eyes shut in a beautiful set of weaves. And in, in a beautiful set of weaves that changed every five minutes. And I think the reason also was because of the format of the show on the Sea Island. You know, I, I, we've got to give credit to our producers for creating the kind of show where you could do that. Yeah. And not being as rigid. You know, we've all worked on shows where they're so rigid and you're so constrained about what you can and can't say. And, and it's just not a fun experience. No. Whereas because... 
we literally were on for the whole day. Imagine, you know, we were on from 9 till 5 p.m. Yeah. It meant that you couldn't be as constrained. So we were able to just relax and, and really sort of have fun with it. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I don't think, Vern, Vern and I have talked about this, like, recently now. I don't think we understood at the time just how unique that experience. I mean, we understood how lucky we were and we had such a laugh, but I don't think we understood how unique it was because going on to do other telly, none of it was the same as the experience that we had had at T4. It was it was really special. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it really was. It really was. And, and I think also a good point to raise is that the production team were all young and it was all their first gigs. So we yeah. had first-time producers, first-time writers, first-time... Yeah. And every a lot of them have gone on to be successful in their own right now. Yeah, yeah. Which just goes to show you that if you can get that... and it, Well, it, it seamlessly ties us into what June is doing at the BBC now. If you can get talent in the system early yeah. and you can develop young talent... Yeah. It pays off in the end yeah. because th- what you then have is someone who is able, capable and confident to go to places in their conversations in a live broadcast, not a pre-recorded one, but a live broadcast yeah. and carry a conversation, yeah. carry the weight of a conversation. And Rylan, I thought that you did it beautifully on uh, Big Brother's Little Brother, where you were in control, you held conversations that were sometimes... Uh, Difficult. difficult conversations to be had in studio and you did it perfectly and I think that's why your cream just keeps rising to the top you know because you you are confident in what you do well I learned from the best didn't I (laughs) (laughs) yes you did so let's welcome Dermot and Margarita (laughs) (laughs) everything he just said because it's true because the thing that you do so well Rylan which is rare is you're able to still have fun and be the life of the party on air, but you're not uncomfortable being emotional and you're not uncomfortable going there with the tough stuff. And it's very rare to find a a presenter that has that kind of breadth and depth to be able to do that. And as Vernon says, that's why people love you so much. I remember the first time I saw you, I was like, love him. Uh, Did you remember when we also did Celebrity Juice together? Yes. I was like, oh my God, it's Jane (laughs) 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 Sarpong. June, honestly, you are such an, you're an icon to me. You know, I mean, I've screamed it in your face many a time, so you know that. But honestly, I can't thank you enough for joining this and to just hear both of your voices together and me be lucky enough to see the pair of you side by side on this screen has been so lovely. Ryland, that's why we were always late to record in the studio <laughs> and we were always late to finish because it just ended up like we were recording in our own front it. room. You know, like <laughs> whenever June was hungry, everyone would know about it. So I thankfully, thankfully, I would take advantage of June saying, oh, I'm hungry. And I'm like, well, I'm hungry as well. So whatever June orders, I'll order two of <laughs> So we kind of, we were like yin and yang. And if I wanted something, June would say, well, if he's having it, I'm having yeah. it. Yeah. And if whatever whatever June would order, I'm like, well, we're going to have a break. So June always ordered beautiful food, delicious <laughs> I food. I love food, yeah. Yeah. 
She'll, I'll have a little bit of that with a little bit of that. And this yeah. is before Deliveroo. Uh, yeah. So yeah. our runners would literally get on a bike and go to five or six different restaurants oh to pick up God. a starter at one restaurant. <laughs> honest, honest, Riley, it was brilliant. We had such a good time. I'm sorry, and it this was is like, a whole it was... other episode. Just the pair of you sorry, sorry, laying sorry, it sorry. out. <laughs> no, I want it. Honest, Riley, I'm telling you, we were, we, we had... And I don't think there are words to express what I'm feeling, but that we we were living a dream. We were with our mates. Yeah. With our mates, like, yeah. With, with your with our mates, you yeah. know. And there were mates who, through the good times, they'd jump on board and join in, and through the bad times, they'd get closer and put an arm yeah. around you. Yeah, that's really how good was. it was. It really that's was. Amazing. It really was. June, this has been such a pleasure. It really, really has, babe. I can't. Oh, thank you my enough pleasure. For thank in. you for having me. You're welcome anytime. And um, when we're allowed, you're going to get a big old cuddle and all. Bring it. I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> big kids. Love, love you. Both. Love you. See you later. Love you, Jude. Bye. Big kids. Bye. Well, Vernon, it has been the biggest pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you for being so open and so honest. Did either of the reunions shock you or did it just feel nice? It just felt great because, you know, like we said at the very beginning, people are brilliant and we couldn't have chatted to two better people uh, for the reasons that we have spoken about, both friendship-wise, personality-wise, advice-wise. Two people who I think I would be a different person if I hadn't have met those two superstars, Beverly and June, you know, because it gives you a, a greater outlook on life when you've had the pleasure of being in the company yeah. of two special people. No, and do you know what? Just being a part of it, I could sense that. Like, And I think anyone listening to this is going to hear that. But if we were to do this again, Vern, is there anyone else you would like to reunite with? I'd like to reunite with my fifth-year primary school class. Really? Yeah, I, I would, because... And uh, this story gets a little bit dark but it gets a bit brighter because I've lost four of my old male school pals, high school pals to suicide. And I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know them after, you know, you leave high school and our relationship never carried on after high school and I'm now 47. So it's Mm. a long way back. But when you hear that someone has, has passed, I don't know that person. I don't know that adult. All I see is that Mm. joyful, gleeful young kid that we used to play football with in the playground. And that's what hurts the most. Mm. So I'd like to reunite with all of my primary school, because those are the first friends that you make, primary school. That's the foundation of you as a person, the foundation of your friendship groups. It sets you up for who you don't like, what kind of person you do like. I'd like to reunite with everyone and just say, how would you get on? How did you get on from yeah. 11 to 47? Yeah. yeah, tell me your story. And let, let's see if there's any parallels because people assume that, you know, you know, showbiz is all glitz and glamour. We wake up. Yeah, people think that we wake up every morning like Liberace, you know, that we're all fabulous yeah. and we're ready to go. But it's it's far from that. It really is far from that. So I, I'd just like to sit with primary school class members and say, wow, how, how, what's your journey been like what, to, to this point yeah. today? You know, tell me the good, what tell me the bad, tell me the ugly. Yeah. And I think, I think because I'm in a WhatsApp group with some old high school friends and we have the best of times because we reminisce about when life was so innocent, when paying a gas bill or an electric bill 
wasn't even something you thought about, you know. And it's nice to have those conversations because you knew, I knew them in their purest form when politics, yeah. society, media hadn't affected the way that they think. That's so nice. That is such a good one to do. It's one of the nicest WhatsApp groups that I'm in because we, we talk to each other like we're still in fifth year, which I know it sounds a bit bonkers. Honest, I know it sounds a bit bonkers, but it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I get it. And do you know what, Vern? If we, and I'm sure we'll do it before, but if we were to reunite in 10 years' time, where will Vernon K be? Hopefully in this room, but redecorated. Don't like salmon. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, in 10 years' time, I hope, I hope that everything's the same. I hope the kids are healthy. I hope that uh, Tess and I are as strong as ever. I hope my parents are the same. I just thought, I just want it to be the same, you know, because I think going through this pandemic, we realise, this podcast, by the way, is a lot deeper than I thought it would be. Uh, (laughs) What can I say? uh, Because of the pandemic, I think we've realised how special our loved ones are to us. And that's what I'd like to be the same in 10 years' time. Vernon Kay, you're a gentleman. Thank you so, so much for being on the show. And I cannot wait until legally I can come and give you a big... Oh, I'd love that, Rylan. <laughs> I really would. Uh, Do you know what? I, not not for any other reason. It's just, it's nice to actually cuddle someone who's my height. Yeah. So. <laughs> because you and I will have long-term... Oh, I guess so bad. We'll have, exactly, we'll have crook necks. <laughs> we really will. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Vernon, love to the family, and I'll see you really soon, mate. Thank oh, you. Oh, thank you, Rylan. You're a beauty. Do you know what? That was such a lovely chat with Vernon. A massive thank you to Beverly Callard as well and June Sarpong. But a massive thanks to Vernon Kay. Thanks for being so lovely, mate. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please do that. The way you'll get notified a new episode comes out is only if you subscribe. 